Welcome to the Sarah Centrella Show. Join best-selling author, master life coach, and manifesting expert Sarah Centrella as she shares tips, tools, and inspiring interviews to help you create your dream life. It's time to hustle and thrive. Now, here's your host, Sarah Centrella. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Sarah Centrella Show. I've got another great episode for you today. And of course, as always, Lots and lots of tips and tools because that's what we are about up in here, getting you uh, that, that great information that you can start applying to your life because without that, we're not going to get the growth we want. We're not going to get the results we want. So I'm super excited to introduce you to uh, my guest today, Angela Prophet. Angela is a productivity expert and consultant. She works with um, businesses and business owners on how to get the most of uh, their productivity. And uh, she is also the host of the podcast, Business Unveiled. Welcome to the show, Angela. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited for today. Yes, absolutely. So uh, before we get into all the good stuff, and we definitely will, i love to know people's backstory. I mean, I'm so fascinated by how people get where they're at, you know, um, how they decide um, what it is that they're passionate about and then overcome all the, <laughs> the obstacles and the hustle and all that kind of stuff to um, get to that place where, you know, they're an expert and they're helping other people. Um, so tell us a little bit about you. Tell us how did you get here? Yeah. So I grew up in a small town outside of Nashville, Tennessee called Mount Juliet and had a pretty normal upbringing. My mom stayed home with three kids. My dad worked his butt off for the same company for over 30 years because that's what that generation did. And so growing up that way and also being a competitive gymnast at the same gym for many years, I thought that I would go to college to be a nurse because I loved helping people, and I would work in the healthcare industry for the next 40 years of my life because that's what I thought life was supposed to be like. But then when I got into college and I actually started nursing school, I didn't enjoy it so much, and so I quickly changed my major to psychology, and I ended up going to school and finishing school to be a psychologist. And so I started out in the healthcare industry. I worked in a morgue. I did not know it was with dead people. I had a friend that worked there. Wow. He was a gymnast oh, wow. friend. I worked in a mental health hospital, which probably was the most, uh, it was hard, but it was very rewarding in the fact that I really, that's where I was able to establish a foundation, which has gotten me to where I am today, which is two decades later. It didn't last long. I was only there for about a year. And I actually had a patient try to commit suicide in front of me, which, you know, is completely awful. Oh, but at yeah. the time, everything happens for a reason. And I suddenly realized that, you know, these people were very sick. I was not going to be able to change them or even sometimes help them or be impactful on their outcome. And so I moved back home. That was I was in Florida at the time, so I moved back home and started working at a local hospital called Baptist and I stayed in healthcare for a couple years, but there was something more that kept calling. And my family had a venue for 35 years on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. So in the summers, 
I would go and I would be around my very creative uncle who ran the family venue. He did lots of weddings and events and did it for many years. And I didn't really know that I was picking up on how to be creative and how to put flowers together and plan weddings. But when I moved back home, my parents, their friends, kids started to get married. My parents were very active in the Catholic church. And so me and my sister started planning weddings, really just for fun. Mm, and yeah. we, we, and we didn't meet, it wasn't like we needed the money. We just, you know, did it because we were good at it. Right. But then after two years of doing that, that turned into people asking, and this was way before social media even existed, started to ask, like, can you come here and do my wedding? And can you come here and do my wedding? And then that turned into, can you come to this private island and do my wedding? Which I didn't even know what private islands were at that time because I didn't grow up like that. And so I started to get into a very luxurious market in the wedding industry and owned that company for almost two decades. But something way more significant happened. In 2010, our town flooded completely. Homes, venues, everything completely underwater in downtown Nashville. And what I learned, which is what I do now, is that creative professionals do not know how to be really great business leaders and owners. And I didn't know back then either, but what I did know, it was really important to have my data and my clients' information backed up in the cloud. And in 2010, the cloud was still very new, and people were afraid of it. They didn't know how to use it. But I had really mastered it because of working in healthcare with EMR, Electronic Medical Records, we started to implement that in healthcare because the government was mandating it. And so when the town flooded, a lot of my creative business owners, friends, started to come to me and say, how do you put all your stuff in the cloud? What does that mean? And it, you, you actually yeah. don't even really need, need to own a business to do that. But, I mean, right. even my, my sister, who has four children, and she lost her phone, and she lost all of her pictures because she didn't understand that she didn't have everything backed up. She just thought it magically worked. And so that's when I really started to get into productivity and teaching people how to put their stuff in the cloud, how to set up processes and procedures. And so I've been doing that. And then here we are a decade later where we are, we're going through a pandemic, and then people need that more than ever. They need to understand right, yeah. how to drive productivity, no matter if you're a soccer mom, if you're a solopreneur, if you have a side hustle, you you want to be the most productive you can be because time is very precious. We only have so much time on earth. And so how can you make the most impact? So that's my journey and how I've gotten into productivity today. Yeah, I love it. I love it because it's it's so true. And I I speak from personal experience and – I know a lot of the listeners know this because I'm not shy about saying it. Um, you know, learning to become an entrepreneur was the hardest thing I've ever done in my entire life, and I've done a lot of hard shit. Um, and that's coming from someone who studied business, you know, in college and um, studied marketing business. You know, figured I had some sort of understanding of it and had worked in the corporate world for a long time. So, you know, I was already at a place where I should know something, and many people don't even um, have that kind of background when they're starting their business, and it was still the hardest thing I've ever been. Um, and so I think a lot of it, it is kind of learning your processes and, um, 
how you work kind of too, you know, and how you work in your best, um, what type of environment you're best at, how you thrive, like when you've reached your limit, just all of those types of things. And it takes a while to do that. So what are some of um, what are some of your tips on maybe for let's start with um, the new business owner, someone who is uh, just kind of at that infancy stage, getting their business up and running, they've taken that kind of big chance to to do it in the first place, right? Um, mm-hmm. What are maybe some tips on how to um, yeah, be, be as productive as possible when everything seems so overwhelming, especially stage. Yeah. Well, the first step really is you've got to get yourself organized before you can start to delegate or get an intern. And so something that I did, and again, everything that I share with you all, you know, comes from personal experience. And so for seven years, I ran one of my businesses and still worked at the hospital and still taught gymnastics. So when people say to right. me, oh, my gosh, you don't understand. You don't even have kids. I'm like, well, I have nieces and nephews that I help homeschool and take care of. But yeah. they don't, you know, see the kids all the time. And I'm like, but I did this for seven years by myself. And so the yep. first thing that I really had to do was get a calendar that was going to be completely in the cloud online. I mean, I just use iCal. A lot of people use Google calendars. But really master how to share calendars with your family, how to share calendars even perhaps with your clients. That's the first thing. And then having a task list or a to-do list or a project management system where you keep up with everything that you are going to do and then everything that your client is going to do. And so – and most of the things that we actually use are free. And so utilize what comes with your smartphone. You know, the calendar's free. Google, up to a certain storage space, is free. And actually, Google just launched a new task management system. I'm not familiar with it yet. I'm going to learn it. But we use an app called Todoist. And we've changed a few apps here and there. There's always a free version and a paid version. But you've got to get yourself organize first. And the thing I will say to, the, to your to-do list is there's two things. Always set a deadline for yourself, even if your client's not giving you deadlines, and block the time on your calendar for you to actually do the work. Because that's mm-hmm. something that that's early on, yeah. yeah, I never, I would like work, get my work done from like 10 p.m. to 3 a.m. when like all my clients were sleeping. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. and it's not healthy. Like, you have to mm-hmm. sleep. You can't sustain it. No, it's not. And, it's the mo- and I did it for 10 years. It's the most unhealthy thing. My hair was falling out. I was gaining weight. Even though I worked out, I didn't eat right. You know, you have to take yeah. care of yourself before you take care of anybody else. And so that's really the first big thing. It's like getting yourself organized. And then the next thing I will say for a new business owner, and I'm going to say it twice, you cannot – You cannot do it alone, and you cannot build a company Mm. by yourself. And even though, which people are like, oh, my God, you're such a control freak. I'm like, it's not that. It's just I want to control the customer experience. How do you think Richard Branson is so incredibly successful with his brand virgin? When you fly to Necker Island, guess what? His car picks you up. You get in a virgin plane. You land at an airport where his people pick you up, their car takes you to the ferry, the ferry takes you to the island. So the entire customer experience is 100% controlled 
but he has thousands of employees. And he's dyslexic at that. So the tip that I would say is, you know, I didn't have the money when I first started out, but boy, did I have people who wanted to intern. And so I really had to come up with an intern program to help me be a better leader, to learn how to pass things off effectively and communicate effectively, and then how to teach somebody who had no idea on the inside of the company what it took to actually run a company. And so the, the, I would use the psychology methodology to pre-qualify interns, and that's actually still to this day how we have grown our team so big is we require someone to do an eight-week internship. I'd say 90% of the people do it for school credit, but then we have some people that just want to get into the industry that just want to shadow to make sure that that's what they want to eventually do in their own business, which I'm the biggest cheerleader. I don't yeah. see – there's plenty of business to go around. You know, I, I don't see that. people as competition at all. Right. So using a psychology methodology to pre-qualify people, don't hire people you like, hire people yeah, that are not like friends. you. <laughs> no, I lost all my friends. Literally, I lost all my friends. Like in the first yeah, year Yeah, yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. Um, you want to hire people that are not like you that can push you and challenge you and fill in those blind spots and a lot of business owners and entrepreneurs, we hire people we like because we don't want to. We don't want to be pushed. But how are you going to grow and right. think differently yeah, if you don't hire people that think differently? So that's the other big, the, the, and that's for anybody, not just new business owners. I mean, I was a business owner for ten years before I actually started to implement some of these tools that I had learned when I worked in the mental health. Yeah, because you're. Well, probably too, because you're learning um, how not to do it, right? In the beginning, you're mm-hmm. like, man, why is this so painful? I am going to find yep. a better way. And, you know, I train and teach uh, life coaches in my method. And um, mm-hmm. it's funny, I was actually going through uh, one of our business setup calls with a coach last night, and she's like, there's a lot of stuff here. And I was like, Yes, and you are going to thank me for that later. It took me like six years to like get the formula yeah. down of all the stuff you need. And, and if you don't have that manual or if you don't have that, it's, it's so much of it can feel so overwhelming. And so as you're going, my, my one tip would be learn as you go, saying, hey, what is working well? What, you know, what's starting to click and run smoothly? And what is a total pain in the ass? Can I get somebody in to help me? Can I ask somebody, even if you don't have the money to hire them, like you said, um, can I get an intern? There's, you know, so many different um, avenues to, to explore that I think a lot of times when you're starting out, you really feel like your, your hands are so tied and, and, like, you have to either outsource everything, which, again, is a high cost, or hire someone, which if you're just starting out is scary. So there's a lot of in between. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but what a great tip on, yeah, don't just go to your friends. I mean, it's, it's great if, if they want to, like, offer some advice and, and you feel comfortable talking to them about it, but it, it does. It, it's too hard. I mean, there's a reason why people say business and whatever don't mix, you know, because it's, you know, the expectations and stuff can really come into play with that. You mentioned, um, Angela, that there's four pillars that kind of um, are a big foundation for you. Can you talk us through those a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. And one thing I want to say before we move on is that, like, I'm coaching uh, a, a new business center right now, and I mentor through the Entrepreneur Center in Nashville, 
And this happened recently where she went home, spent a week with her family for vacation. She came back. I thought she would be, like, super rested. It was, like, the complete opposite. She's like, I try to tell my family all about what I'm doing, and I'm so excited. And they literally don't understand, and they think I'm crazy. And so one thing that I want you to know is that, you know, yes, you can ask your friends and family for advice. However, be cautious, because if they've never done it, don't ask for their advice because they exactly. don't know exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and also, if you know that they're gonna poo poo it, fucking keep it to yourself. Exactly. <laughs> like, don't tell them about it. Like, yeah, you, that's you, probably my biggest advice to people. Like, if you know that mom is negative, Nelly, or cousin is negative, don't fucking tell them what you're doing. Like, exactly. <laughs> and like, I mean, you know. Position? You gotta meet them where they are, and also too, if you're a new business owner, you are going to start to see over the years that your friends and your family and your circle of your people it's going to shift because the way the only way you're going to grow is to surround yourself with like-minded people, and then you get it. So when and you know you may not know who that is right now, and you know we can't pick, pick our family. I love my family; they still don't know what the hell I do. So, exactly. I, you know, same. I just want to put that out there. <laughs> yeah, same. But, um, you know, they see stuff online and they're like, well, that looks cool. What and that? That, that yeah. sounds cool. <laughs> yeah, like, what exactly, how exactly do you make money? Like, they don't understand. Yeah. But, in, you yeah. know, so it's okay. You're not there for everyone to understand what you do. Your clients need to understand the value you, that you offer right. them. And that's all that you really need to worry about. Um, you know, and before, before we go into the, the four pillars, because I do definitely want to get to there, but I want to expand a little bit yeah. on what you're saying because it's so important. Um, and I noticed on, on your Insta, you were, you know, recently talking about it too, about surrounding yourself with the right people. And mm-hmm. it is really huge. And I think um, a lot of people when they first start, especially if the, if the business they're starting is of service in, in any capacity, whether it's a coach or, um, you know, if what they want to do is kind of passion-driven, that's a really hard one to kind of sell to your friends and family sometimes, right? Um, and for me, everything I do now was like, what the hell? <laughs> because I was in corporate before. And so it's like, self-help what, you know? So my friends and family don't have anything to do with what I do, like at all. Mm-hmm. I, I won't tell you that. Like even my closest girlfriends, we don't talk about it at all. It does not come up. Um, and so when I'm coaching people and they're like, oh, I can't imagine a life like that where I can't tell my best friend or whatever, I was like, you, you just get used to it over time. And I have to mm-hmm. look at it like this, this is my business. So if my best friend's Allie or whoever, um, let's say she, I don't know, pumps the bathroom, <laughs> whatever, mm-hmm. whatever she does, right? I'm not going to expect that all the time we hang out, she's going to tell me every detail of what's going on at work, Right. And so Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times it's because it's so personal when you're starting your business and it's so wrapped into who you are and your daily and everything that you really expect all the people in your life to just be like all about it. And Mm -hmm. you have to separate that. That isn't their problem. You have to separate it and say, you know, do I want to hear about what it's like at the law office all day long from so-and-so? You know, I don't. When we get together, we talk about life, we talk about other things. And so that is a transition that can really mess you up in the in the beginning. But if you can get it there, you, it can be just as healthy. It's just kind of like having two different boxes. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, totally. Box, I have my family box. Yeah. Um, 
tell me a little bit about how you have um, found that surrounding yourself with the right people has made such a difference because I know that is something that you're passionate about as well. Oh, my gosh. Like, well, for 10, the first 10 years of my business, I was still kind of like floundering out there by myself. And let me tell you, it's really lonely at the top, especially if you're doing some really kick-ass things and then nobody around you understands it and they're not there to yeah, like you don't have anyone to share, share, share it with. Yeah. Yeah, like it sucks. And so a friend of mine who owns a lighting company that we would do these amazing productions together, he's like, there's this entrepreneur group. And he's like, I think you should really apply to be, to be a member. And he's like, I know you're busy. You don't have anything, any time, any time. Because he constantly hears me say, I don't have time. I can't. I, put in, I cannot put another thing on my plate. But what I didn't realize at that time was that I was putting the wrong things on my plate. And I was saying yes mm-hmm. to the wrong things, and I was not yeah. being strategic in how I spent my time. And so he did not shut the F up for, like, two years. He kept talking about this, thing, this group. And so I'm like, well, shit, I'll, you know, I'll go and check it out. They have, like, a, a welcome lunch. They do it, like, once a year. So I went, and um, I ended up signing up for it. And I actually went through a program that they call Catalyst or Accelerator. It's an 18-month commitment. I felt like I was getting my MBA, but it was a little bit cheaper than actually getting Mm -hmm. another MBA. And um, it was putting like-minded people together, not industry. No one was in my industry. And what I learned from those two years was that it doesn't matter what industry you're in and who you serve and what you sell. Because all entrepreneurs share the same challenges. We share the same challenges with people, with um, online stuff. Social media started to come out, really come out for businesses when I joined Catalyst, thank God. And so I started to become really much more confident in like running a business because I was getting the right tools. I was getting a new mentor every single year with EO. And a lot of the mentors, I mean, my very first mentor, Andy Bailey, I mean, he's got multiple books out. He was a hard ass, but I needed that. I needed that because I was so stubborn. And I'm like, you don't understand. You don't understand my clients and it's a luxury market. And he's like, no, sweetie, you don't understand. You have a job because your business and your clients are running you. You are not running a business. So let me help you clarify and understand. So he's the one that taught me, like, how to manage my calendar, how to track my time. We completely changed the way that we charged. And I'm like, I can't do that. I can't do that. And he's like, why? I'm like, because no one else in my industry does it like that. He's like, I don't give a shit what other people do. I want to know how much money Uh do you need to live and what is your your worth. And he's like, if you look at your competitors, they don't have a degree in psychology. They're not paperless. They don't, he's like, quit comparing. And so that year in 2011 is when I was like, okay, because I, I was running two companies, and I really started, you've got to be open to change. And, and remember, don't be defensive. You don't know everything. Right. And, and that's what really started to change my life. And when he started to see that I was listening, I was absorbing, I was taking action, you know, then he would take me and say, well, I want you to meet this person and this person and this person because now I know that you can actually help them right. yeah. because yeah. you're, at, you're uh, running your business. Being coachable. Yeah. yeah. Being coachable Absolutely. when you have a good mentor. So and, important. And the mentor is proven and you know that their advice is good. Like, take it. And, and 
probably the three biggest things in my business that I resisted for the longest time and so many people told me, like, hello, you need to be, I mean, basic things, like have an email list, you know, like in the mm-hmm. beginning resisted all this stuff and I'm not a big regret person, but those are definite regrets. It's just stupid, stupidity, you know, it's like, okay, you don't have to reinvent the wheel on every account. Reinvent it where it matters. Reinvent it in your right. message. Reinvent it in, you know, your your uh, client process or whatever, but you don't have to reinvent it on everything. And so I think that's great advice to have that mentor. And I, I know that uh, the program you just mentioned, I know it's here because I have a girlfriend who went through it. Um, but probably in everyone's town there's something, I would think. So yes, that's, that's totally. another great tip is like if you are feeling um you know alone or overwhelmed or like you're the only person going through this uh which is kind of how you can feel the first couple years um link up link up with others um you know reach out to angela she consults and um you know go from there um so tell us a little bit about these pillars yeah so, and, and I want you all to know, too, like, I didn't just, like, come up with these pillars, right? It's like I would dive in and start helping people, and a mentor told me, Angela, you're very entertaining, and you could talk my ear off all day long, and I learned something, but you're so confusing. So he's like, you know, when, when you do that to people, they don't consume your information. You overwhelm them. And he's like, we really need to break it down into four different steps because four steps is obtainable. When you tell Mm -hmm. somebody, hey, I'm going to take you through a 20-step process, like would you really sign up and pay for something like that? I mean, it just sounds overwhelming. And so after I learned how this was consumable, I'm like, this is what people want to focus on the most, and this is what makes the most impact. So, and, and it, we call it the four P's, not because my last name is Profit, which it's spelled with two F's and two T's, but that is one of the pillars. And so, first, if you have not started to build a team yet, which actually it's the best because then you don't really have to start over. I like to call it potty train your brain. So, potty train uh-huh. your brain so that you hire the right people very uh, first off. And we use the methodology called True Colors. And I can share a link with um, you if you want to put it in the show notes and give it to your audience for for free. And then, you know, they can just try it out. But it's really fun and it's really easy to understand. And so we do the True Colors assessment before. If anybody applies for a position, we do that first because I want to know how their brain is wired and we strategically choose people by how their brain is wired. It's not so much about what their experience or their resume says. It's more about putting someone in a position that they're going to thrive at that we can teach them. And so the, the four awesome. Yeah, like the four types is so a gold person is very loyal, they're very accountable. This is like my right hand, the communications director, operations director. Then you've got your blues, which are very um, emotional, and they, act, they wear their heart on their sleeve, and they're amazing at customer service because they genuinely care to find a solution to make it better. And then for greens, those, those greens, they're analytical. They love research. And I actually did not – the green was the last big missing blind spot that I had in my company because really how greens, they sometimes get on my nerves. They ask so many questions, which they're asking questions 
to get answers from you. So if mm -hmm. you don't have that information, they'll research it and find it out for you to make you successful. So it's really right. important that yeah. you understand that. And then the orange, which I'm very high orange. Most entrepreneurs are high orange. We're risk takers. We will jump. We will fall on our face. We will learn from it. We will get right back up and keep going because we know there's a bigger purpose. And so your oranges or your marketing people, they have batshit crazy ideas. Um, but, and, and we try to keep it light and fun and flexible. So having all four of those types of brains is very important. So the first pillar is people. The second pillar is processes. And you have to have a process. Again, going back to the very first question, what do you need to do if you're just starting out? Create a process and make sure you're paperless. Make sure your stuff is in the cloud. That's a whole different conversation. <laughs> but now there's yes. so many, so many tools that people get very overwhelmed. They don't know what to choose. And so their process becomes too much sometimes when you really just need to keep it simple. So we, we help companies make sure that they have a, a very solid process so when they bring on team members, the onboarding process is already there. The foundation is laid. Now, understand your process is never complete. Every year we reevaluate what we're using. Does it work? Is it not working? And we change and upgrade sometimes. But having a paperless process is really important. And then the third, yeah, and then the third pillar is the productivity pillar, which we go through all the tech tools, all the automation, all even if you if you have no automation in your company and you're a new company, the first thing I would say, start you said it earlier, start with a free CRM. MailChimp starts with a free basic plan. Start to collect and own your own audience. Do not rely can on third party. Yeah, can I get a real uh, quick tip on this one too? Because um, I just found a platform that I freaking love. So as a coach, it's, it's hard. There's tons of platforms out there, obviously. Um, yeah. There's even a bunch that are out there for coaches, but none of them work in my business. My business is a minimum of eight weeks. It goes through a process thing um, where every, every client goes through the same eight-step process. And just so nothing out there works. <laughs> like I tried all the life coaching ones as far as like um, a process tool. Uh, mm -hmm. And actually, a client, how I found uh, HoneyBook, a client had sent me an invoice, and I was like, what is this? This is cool, and it looks mm -hmm. easy, and oh my god, I just have to say, like, I think they're pretty new, but I freaking transferred everything into it, and it was a life changer. So there mm -hmm. are really good, and as soon as you do get a process in place, because that was one that was like, you know, I put it in a tool, and then I was like, the tool just is not working. It's making everything ten times harder. So then I go back to a paper thing, and you know, it was just, a, I knew it was a mess, and it felt messy. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. sort of finally get a tool that works and that is easy, and that you know looks good on both sides, guys. It's everything. So if you haven't found yours yet. Keep looking. HoneyBook is great. I think it's good for any, pretty much any small business, invoicing and, and project management stuff like that. But um, find one because it changes everything. It took such a freaking load off. Um, mm -hmm. You know, so sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. What was pillar four? Yeah, well, and, and to play off of what you were saying too, like I coach a lot of new people through the EC, and they're like, but I don't have any money to, like, pay for this monthly 
subscription, I'm like, hold up. Your time is so valuable, and you can't ever get it back. So there's, prob- there's like 30-plus offers we pay for. It's like $10 a month, $10 a month, you know, and it adds up. Right, right. But when I add it up, and then you look at the amount of time you're saving and the amount of back and forth that you are completely squashing, and then the revenue that it can make you and bring you, as long as you are making sure that, it, that you actually stop, set it up, take advantage of everything the tool does, like you were saying, you can't afford not to use it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the fourth pillar, and especially for women, especially You've got to make sure you are running a profitable company. So the fourth pillar Ooh, is profit. Oh, that's a sore one for women, and I know it <laughs> because yeah. you know, this is probably the one that comes up the most often. Part of what my coaching um, in my new book talks a lot about is removing our blocks to wealth and, and our finances, and it is a tough one for women. kind of really almost doesn't matter kind of where you fall financially, whether you consider yourself successful or, you know, up and coming, however you want to put it. I found that women really have blocks around this, especially, and I did too, when what you're offering is a service. And it's a service that feels like it's something you would, could do anyway or do for fun. Oh, my gosh. Like that, that is the hardest one, I think, for women to really value and put price tags on their offering that even makes sense. I mean, their women start so low. So can you please, please, please <laughs> give us all of your insight on that? <laughs> yeah. And so, and again, like I, for the first 10 years of my company, I always had money in the bank and there was money to pay the bills. However, I did not have a professional accountant or like a business manager at the time until this mentor through EO asked me, like, how do you charge? How do you keep up with your time? How do you make money? And so we went through this horrible, horrible exercise, which I'm not a crier, but, like, I got in my car and cried because I felt like shit about myself. But it was, like, again, the best thing that ever happened because I, I never had sat down and made a list, just in an Excel sheet or a Google sheet, like, here's my monthly living expenses. Here's my overhead. Here's, like, I never, no one ever taught me how to freaking do that. I mean, my parents didn't run businesses, and I, I, I never surrounded myself with anybody who was going to ask me such an uncomfortable question. Right. And yeah. so when I went through the exercise, and again, in my head, I was so resistant. I'm like, I can't do it like this. No one else does it like this. He threatened to fire me, and he's like, if you don't track this for the next three months, I'm, you're going to be fired. Like, I can't make a difference unless you're going to actually implement what I teach you that I know freaking works, you know, you little dumb blonde. I mean, he didn't say it like that, but I'm right, sure right. thinking. And so I started, so I tracked my time for an entire year. And then after that year, my accountant, my business manager sat me down with their little whiteboard of paper. And they're like, oh, God, Angela, you did 32 weddings, not only for free this year, but it, it costs you money because you didn't charge appropriately. And because our overhead on an event is pretty substantial, depending right, on how many right. people are going to be there. But I didn't know what the hell I was doing. 
And so, and then I go back and I look at the clients. I'm like, well, those are the worst clients. Those are the worst ones mm-hmm. to work with. You didn't always, appreciate things. Always. Yep, always. Oh, my God. Ladies, so, please listen to this so you don't make these mistakes. Because <laughs> the one you think, oh, I just want to help her because she really needs it. She seems nope. interested. And you know what? I'll just, I'll just wave my feet for her. Cause I'm, nope. and, and we want to because we're a good person, right? And she's going to be yep. a fucking nightmare. You're going to hate yep. what you do. And she's not going to pay you. She's never going to turn in any of her help. Like, no, let it go. If you can't play, then it's not the right time for them. It's not. And so after it took me a year to really do it, but you know what? It gave me the confidence. Some guys would say, give me the balls to like say no. And it's like, I want to help everybody. And it actually, I get happiness from helping other people and seeing them be successful. However, there's only so much time in the day. And so when, when my mentor said to me, I want you to sit down and tell me how many clients do you want per month? Do you not want to work in November and December because you've been working the past 10 years? Every holiday, what about your family? Like, don't you think they care? And it took my dad and my sister getting sick in the same year, this is about six years ago, for me to really, it really hit me, like psychologically, like, oh, shit, my dad's about to die. My sister might die in the next six months. Like, I really need to get my shit in order about my time, and I need to lean on my team. And thank God at the time I did have a team. And it was probably, the, you know, a good thing that happened to me because I saw that my team could actually figure it out on their own. They did make a few mistakes, which I see as opportunities to do better, but they're never going to learn if you don't let them fall on their face a few times. And so that is the thing that really taught me that it's saying no is okay. I hate the word no. So I just say, thank you so much for thinking of me. At this time, we're not taking on any new clients. And that's a yep. really good yeah. feeling to be able to tell someone, and really in my head, like some people, I'm like, I wouldn't work with you if you had a million dollars. Like, like you're an I'm asshole. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you know what, I think you brought up a yeah, you brought up a really interesting point in that um, there's so much focus, and you hear it all the time. I'm, like, nauseous of hearing it. I hear it so often, especially in any personal development realm, of you've got to be of service. You've got to be of service. Serve, 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 service, you know. And I was thinking about it today, and I was like, that's all well and good. We all want to help people. I would not be doing what I'm doing if I didn't want to change people's lives. Absolutely, right? That's the, the reason yeah. I took the risk to do this and left corporate risk, everything, right? Absolutely. But it has to also serve you. And I think mm-hmm. people really, really don't take that into account. And so for me, probably two years ago, maybe I started putting some of those parameters in place in my life as um, – uh, you know, a checklist almost to say yes, what to say yes to, like you're talking about, um, mm-hmm. and and also like what is right for me. And my first question is, does it serve us both, right? So whatever opportunity that is coming to you, or someone's asking something of you, it should equally serve both of you. And honestly, if someone's asking something of you, it should serve you more than it serves them. That's mm-hmm. that's how I approach. So if I'm going to ask something of someone. I know that they're getting 75%, I'm getting 25%. And that could be financially, it could be goodwill, it could be whatever, but I know what, they're, what I'm offering them, and they know it too. So I think that's a great rule of thumb, and I think there's absolutely nothing wrong with saying, hey, if I'm going to do this and be at my best capacity, 
it has to serve me as well. And the money is where it comes down to, right? It's like you cannot do everything for free because you're not serving yourself at all. And what will happen quickly or over time is that you will get really, really fucking bitter. (laughs) You'll you'll get to a place where you don't even like what you're doing at all. Like the thing you love, it will drain all of the joy and energy from it. So that's that's a big, big tip that I I learned the hard way. It took me a long, long time to put that barrier up because for years and years and years, people expected me to give them coaching in the comments. Years. And (laughs) I had to slowly, slowly be like, Listen, this is my fucking job. Like, yep. If you want advice, hire me to give you advice. Like, no, that's yep. not how this works. So, yep. I don't know. Lesson yep. learned. Those, the are, those, way, are, the four, those <laughs> are the four pillars. I yep. love it. Profit is a big one. It's a big one, ladies. Um, do you have any um, any tips around? And this is this is such a general question, and everyone's business is so different. But anything that you've kind of seen working with businesses on, um, women always like to underprice their stuff. Mm-hmm. Any, anything to kind of add on that on um, when it comes to pricing? Like a lot of times I know people will like look on the internet and see what other people are charging and things like that. But I, I find so many, so many um, new business owners really struggle with that, and then yeah, underprice themselves even then. Right? Yeah. Well, again, like you have to go back. First off, quit worrying about what everybody else is doing, like seriously. Mm, I mean, I know that, you know, there there is an industry standard sometimes, but really what what I would start with is how much do you need to live comfortably? What do you want to save? What is your overhead? And if you work from home and you're, you know, you're a mom, let's, let's just take a step back and think about that. Okay. You have to have a space to do it. Even if you're laying in bed, you have to have a computer, a smartphone, put gas in your car pay for child care, uh, you know, there's all kinds of things where people, I sit down with brand new mompreneurs, like I'm co-founder of a co-working space, and we have a lot of people, mompreneurs, side hustle, and they're like, oh, I work from home, I don't have any bills. I'm like, whoa, 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 wait, do you pay yep. for G Suite? Do you have a website? <laughs> do you, right. And then you start, they're like, oh, but that's only $6.99 a month. Oh, that's only $10. But when you start adding that up, it's yep. like, oh, no, my gosh. costs are, absolutely. Yes. So you've got to know how much you need to live, what's your overhead, what do you want to save for the future, and then once you know that bottom line number, then you can really start working your prices or your packages or however you want to do it. And then the other thing I would say is definitely track your time for at least three months so you understand how much it's taking of your time, and then you can come up with your services. And then... The other big thing people have a trouble with, they're like, when do, I know, when do I raise my prices? Well, again, if you have a wait list or you have people that are paying, 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 and like, and again, it takes a few years to get there, but that's when you're like, okay, I, I'm worth more. I have more experience. I have more life yeah. experience, business experience. I'm Absolutely. adding to my, my and I feel like if I mean, you've been my, charging the same for a year in whatever you're doing, yeah. You know, especially in your first, like, five years, let's say, of growing mm-hmm. business. Like, it should be incrementally raising all the time, you know. And once totally. you get to a place where, like you said, people are paying it without even blinking or thinking twice or it's not even part of a conversation, it's like, that's a pretty good indicator. <laughs> 
Yeah, and then you also have to watch the economy. And, like, I, again, was never this girl 10 years in my business. But, like, I don't have a uh, cable. I don't watch TV. But you do need to keep up with what's going on with, like, the rise of prices in food, the rise in prices in gas. Like, and your pricing is going to be dictated by where you are in the world. If you live in California, West Coast, if you live on East Coast, depending on where you're at, cost of living is going to be a lot more, it's a lot more in New York and LA than it is in Nashville, Tennessee. So you really have to also look at the economics of what's happening and then also year over year, what's, everything goes up every year. So at some point, you're going to have yeah. to add that incremental, to, you know, to your, your time and your experience. So yeah, we, we look at it every year and yeah. make sure we're not Damn. losing money. Yep. Yeah, no, and one real quick thing that I want to uh, finish up on that is you might, business owner, might be in, I don't know, the middle of the country in a, in a place where the, the um, cost of living is lower, and so for you, something might seem really expensive, right, because maybe your neighbors wouldn't pay that. But remember, if, if your business is online and you can have clients from anywhere, you don't want to price your stuff for your neighborhood. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like. There's going to be people from New York or L.A. or places that have completely different economic, um, you know, backgrounds. You, you don't want to put yourself in that box, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that can be really hard, too, because it's like, wow, I don't know anyone who can. Well, that's great. You don't have to because they'll find you online. <laughs> awesome. Yep. So this has been so fun. Thank you so much for all of this um, just great information. I was love. Um, I'm going to put that link that you're going to shoot over. It's going to yeah. be in the show notes, guys, so go get it. Um, I'm excited to take that. I, I'm definitely going to go check it out um, as well. Where else can uh, people learn a little bit more about you? Yeah. So my personal brand website is AngelaProfit.com, two S, two T's. And um, my company website is GSDCreative.com, and GSD stands for Get Shit Done. <laughs> I love it. Yes, my kind of girl. Get <laughs> shit done. All right, everybody, until next time, that's what we're going to be doing. Go hustle and thrive and get shit done. Thanks for listening. And remember, if you got value from today's show, please spread the love by clicking subscribe, leaving a stellar review, and telling everyone you know. And join us next time on The Sarah Centrella Show.